This is Conscious Body Movement, the podcast, episode 62 with Sam Shelley. We talk about head trash. We talk about things like recovering from disease, the stories of disease, and so much more. You've got to become a focus master. You've got to get really good at focusing on what you want as opposed to what you don't want. Nothing is easier than losing weight and keeping it off when your body wants to be fit. We don't handle and go after the internal blocks that stop us, you know, we'll self-sabotage. Conscious. Conscious. Body. Body. Movement. Movement. Hi, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of Conscious Body Movement, the podcast. I am your host, Greg Dyer, and today we have got Sam Shelley on. He has got, um, his company is called Head Trash Anonymous, and well, you know what? I think I'd just like to bring him on and talk about it. He's got an, an amazing story uh, to tell us all his own story about how he's got to this point. And then just, the, you know, the whole idea of dealing with head trash, I mean, just falls so wonderfully into this whole idea of the stories that we tell ourselves and so forth. So I've been really looking forward to this. Uh, I think that I reached out, Sam and I had connected about a month or so ago, and uh, this has been, been coming for a little while here. So, Sam, thank you so much for coming on today. It's a pleasure to be here, Greg. Wonderful. Thanks for on. So um, let's 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 back up a little bit. How did you get to this point? This whole idea of head trash anonymous, and I know there's a lot in there. So uh, let's let's see what we got here. Well, it, yeah. So how the head trash came about was, you know, in 2010, I was a very sick man. I was disabled. I had multiple sclerosis, so I lost the ability to walk at age 37. Um, in my 20s, I was suicidal from the bipolar, then also psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, and migraines. I had all these issues and you know disabilities, mental and physical. So what I what I saw like in the 20s when I was, you know, suicidal, it was like life is just too hard. Why don't I just end it all? And that was just the story, the mental story that life was just too difficult, too painful. But later I got to see that. Even with multiple sclerosis, there was a story with that, that I have MS, that I'm supposed to be fatigued all the time, I'm supposed to be tired all the time, all these stories around all these ailments. But what I'm seeing, they were just stories. They were just mental stories. And I see it was this head trash, you know, that I saw that I had these thoughts, but I was not those thoughts. I was greater than those thoughts. What led you to that place? I mean, was there something that you read or something that triggered it, or did you just wake up one day completely inspired by this, 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 this idea, this thought process. Now, it was really strange because um, in 2010, when I was a sick disabled man, I was not really into spirituality or much of anything. I remember being a couch potato, watching everything and anything on TV. Right. So I used to watch ghost hunting shows. I'm like, well, this is ghost hunting. I don't know if it's real fake. It's TV. So I don't know what to make of that show. But anyway, I saw a tweet from one of the ghost hunters. Hey, we're having this event in Philadelphia. So I think, well, I could probably go for an hour. I can put on my cooling vest for the MS, get my cane, and go for an hour and just see what this ghost, ghost hunting is all about. Then I was there at this event, and I just had experiences I just couldn't explain, like flashlights going on and off by themselves, feeling the sense of dread, feeling like somebody's sitting next to me that I couldn't see. So I had all these experiences. And I was really curious, like I didn't just have that experience and say, okay, that was neat. So it's, it's real, I guess. 
but I was more deeper into this. Like, okay, what did I experience? What is this unseen world? So I started to read some books and one book talked about meditation and meditate. And what I've read from meditation was meditation brings inner peace. I'm like, I need that. I have no peace. I need inner peace. So that was my quest for meditation was I had a very simple meditation practice because the book I was reading only had like two or three pages on meditation. It was just very, very short, like the benefits of meditation, how to do it. Basically, sitting quietly. That's all I basically got out of it. Sit quietly. If somebody told me I had to hold my hands a certain way, breathe a certain way, <laughs> my posture a certain way, my bipolar OCD brain would have been so caught up in the rules, I never got out of the mind. But what I saw from meditation was if I just sat there, the mind tells a story, blah, 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 story, story, story. I just come back to it like, where are my feet? Where are my hands? Where are my breath? So every time the mind told a story, it would just come back to this moment, if you will. Right. So it would just come back. But for the first two weeks, though, I thought meditation equals the mind stops thinking. It was like, no, that's not the case at all. For I have thoughts, but I am not these thoughts. So that's where the realization I had that my thoughts weren't real. They were just this mental story. So once I realized the mind... Thinking is a reminder that these thoughts remind you that you're alive. So the mind doesn't stop thinking. You just got to stop reacting and responding to these thoughts. So after two weeks of, you know, really struggling with meditation, you could say, I realized like, oh, it's just a story. Just keep coming back to this moment. Story, come back. Then, then I said, simple practice. I had five minutes a day. By the third month, I was able to 10 minutes twice a day, maybe 15 minutes twice a day. And one evening after meditation, I just heard a voice say, perfect spirit. I'm like, that's it. My spirit is perfect. It's simply the body that's damaged. Then I simply had a deep, deep knowing that all was well. And all sense of fear about my health was simply gone. Then the intuitive voice guided me over the next 16 months to reverse all my diseases. So after 16 months, I was on no more medicine, no more disability, no signs of disease. The last time I saw my doctor... He couldn't explain me. He tried to question me for 45 minutes trying to quantify what I did. And there was no logical explanation. I just followed this intuitive voice on how to get the body back, you know, back in harmony, if you will. So that was my story. Sam, I love that. You know, and I want to go back to your, your original thoughts there on meditation and how if somebody had told you you had to sit a certain way, hold your hands a certain way, think a certain way, empty your brain out, and all this other crap that people tend to want to tell us on how you're supposed to meditate, uh, I loved how you, uh, how you respond to that. That's what I tell my clients because they all look at me, I don't think I'm meditating right. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> There's no right or wrong way. <laughs> I meditate in bed, lying down, most, most of the time on my side, you know? <laughs> I like to see meditation as simply as relaxing. Yes. Just disconnecting from the world. If the mind gets busy, just come back. What do I right. see? What do I smell? What do I touch? And that's yeah. meditation. Right back to the breath. I love that. And, uh, you know, and, and the thing is, is, sometimes I fall asleep in the middle of a meditation. And people, well, Lauren, you're not supposed to fall asleep. I'm like, you know what? I can't think of a better place to take whatever it is you're working on than into theta wave brain brain waves. You know, right. fine. <laughs> I wake up refreshed when I get done. I, I feel better. <laughs> so yeah, I, what I simply tell people with that, when they fall asleep at the beginning of meditation practice and they fall asleep, 
Well, say that initially, and then when you're beginning meditation, you want to build your mental cognitive skills. So there goes the story, come back to this moment, story, right. come back. So you're building the mental cognitive skills. So in the beginning, you, you don't want to sleep because you're trying to develop those mental cognitive skills of coming back into the moment and coming back and coming back. If you're sleeping, you're not bringing those. It's like one rep at a gym, but you're doing a mental rep. I like that, man. I like that. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, Yeah, I guess I just have never... I mean, I do remember at first I wasn't falling asleep, uh, but I don't know, somewhere four years ago or five years ago or something like that, it just kind of started happening once in a while. Yeah, because maybe you get to a certain point where your mental cognitive skills are there, then it really doesn't matter. But for people that are just starting, typically <laughs> falling asleep is a defense mechanism of the mind. Huh. Because the mind doesn't want you to get that mental strength, the cognitive that bring it back to the moment. So it makes you fall asleep. Very cool. I, you know what? Nobody's ever told me that. So I just kind of was following my own intuitive way of doing things. And it just, uh, I, you know, I have to think, well, how long have I been meditating? It's been a while. Yeah, that's just so. the mental defense mechanism of falling asleep because it doesn't want you to build up mental cognitive skill. Very cool. Thank you very much. I like that one. Um, so, so here we are. At what point did you begin to uh, um, show other people this, begin coaching? Yeah, because my coaching is, is different, to say the least. I don't sit there and talk to people like a normal coach would do. Okay. I actually lead them through a guided meditation where I just drop into my space. And it's like my perfect spirit is talking to their perfect spirit. So it's like a personalized hypnotic meditation just for them. Like I'll see what's going on in their life. Oh, this happened to you when you were 10 years old. See how this is shaping your belief system today and unwinding all of that. So I get more of a very intuitive look of people of how they're telling their stories about themselves. That's then they might be aware of because they're in the conscious and they're not in the subconscious of how it's really derailing them. And that's what I'm seeing with like a lot of these positive affirmations that are out there. If you're not dealing with the mental junk that has a sense of lack or not good enough, all these positive stories aren't going to make a difference if you're not taking care of the subconscious. Sure. It's rooted in lack. I warm, I, you know, I, I, I do the same thing with, with people when we talk about uh, affirmations. I, I caution them that, you know, there might be an opposite to that that uh, that affirmation that may be there in order to hold up the the truth of the possibility of the affirmation. So, are you in the energy of what the opposite is? You know, for example, I'm on you know I'm unworthy. You know, then you say something to yourself, I am I am so worthy of all the abundance of the universe, or whatever the affirmation is. What's possibly behind that energetically? Is this you know kind of the same thing that you work with your clients with? Yeah, okay. it's just pretty much, but it's not like a verbal conversation. They're quiet the whole time for the most part. And that's why I typically do, that's why I start to do with some of these podcasts is actually do a session with that person so they can actually experience of what I do because I give people that sense of inner peace that most people are not aware of. So once they have that experience, they can, they can guide themselves back to it. Like here's a plant, here's what peace feels like. Inner peace, deep inner peace when the mind's quiet. This is what it feels like. So you know when the mind's busy, you know how to get yourself back to there. It's like a relighting your lamp, if you will, reminding you of your perfect spirit. Your perfect spirit is always a place of inner peace, of happiness, of joy. And just give people that one little taste of it so they can keep coming back there. And once I record this meditation for them, they can keep playing it. It's their own meditation for them. 
for what, what they have gone built up through their life experiences. Like the past is gone, but we're the accumulation of that past. So we just gotta figure out how to unwind the past for them. That's not serving them or limiting them in some way. It kind of sounds like um, you and I are running a rather similar path. And, I, and it's the same kind of thing I hear from Chris, our, our mutual friend Chris Natsky and, and uh, at least a half a dozen other coaches that I know. I'm mm -hmm. finding that this is beginning to uh, show up more and more. And I've asked myself the question of, is it because of my involvement I'm energetically pulling all of you towards me? Or is this an indication that around the planet itself we're, we're waking up into this? Well, I think I think there are some more people waking up. There, there is that waking up part, but there's still, you know, there's still signs of society that we have a ways to go. But there's more and more people out there, and it's all you've got to realize that we're all this perfect spirit. We all ha are connected to the same source of information. So when sure. you let go of the mental stories, the head trash, you can hear that perfect spirit, that intuitive voice that has the same wisdom of other people. They're just sharing in different words based on their own filtering of how to process this information. I love this, man. You got like same terminology I tell everybody. <laughs> it's like, you know, and the only, only thing is I come from a music background, so I talk about the music of the universe and you'll be in touch, you know, tapped into that. Do you, can you hear the music of the universe? And that's going to be something different for each one of us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and uh, just there's no greater or less than, you know, as far as, as a matter of fact, I've gone so far to say that, you know, that there is only one gift. We like to divide it into all these myriad of different types of gifts. And then we, we give them some kind of hierarchy of this is a better gift than that gift and all this other stuff. And, oh, that gift is not scientifically proven. So it's, it's a BS gift and all this other stuff. But the, I, you know, the way I see it, there's only one true gift and we all have it. And that's that, that, that inspiration. Mm -hmm. from from source from wherever it is that you're looking at yeah inspiration comes from inspire which right. means in spirit in spirit yeah in spirit so we're all in, we're all spirit ultimately wearing these different costumes sure <laughs> so you, you've got a book too as well correct yeah and i give my my first book my publisher went out of business so i just give away the e-copy now for free and they can just find that in my head trash groups and my website and I have it out there for people if they want to read about my story. And my book, I Don't Dwell, the first two chapters talk about my health issues, but the rest of that is about all getting out of the mind, the ways that I used to get out of my mind and how to, I recover the body and mind. But it's going to be a little bit different for everyone. I tell everybody in the, the books, these practices may or, not, may or may not work for you. Everyone has their own path. Take that what resonates with you and let go of the rest. That's your way is the best way. When did you put your book out? Uh, my book came out in 2014. Okay. Yeah. Um, are, 2014. Is, is it something that you're uh, going to look at refiring back up and re, uh, revisiting, or you got an, another book on the uh, on the back burner here? I got another book I'm working on now, The Head Trash Paradox. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm going to look forward to seeing that. I, I do want to uh, read. Uh, read your book too. Uh, so when we get done here, I'm, I'm going to go to the link that I'm going to give you a chance here to um, to mention when we uh, just before we close out the show here. Okay. So because so, um, I, I want people to get a hold of you. 
<laughs> you got something pretty cool. I don't know, man. You're making me smile more than I think I have in a while with a guest, so I appreciate that. It, yeah, uh, you and see, I, if you, you can actually see me that I'm actually just smiling all the time. Every photo you see of me today is smiling because I realize ever all is well, regardless of the mental opinion. All is well. I had a, you know, I reached out to a friend of mine today, and I, I shot this video today, and I put it up on Facebook about this too. And um, I asked him, "How's everything been going since the new year?" And he just simply replied, um, I feel happy for, his, for being as fortunate as I am. And I was like, wow, man, how, many, how, how often do we just get stuck in the story of all the stuff that we don't have? Mm-hmm. You know, and just that's the story that we write for ourselves and we forget to, you know, to, 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 to realize the blessings that we have, the fortune that we have and everything that we have. And, and the knowledge that we have everything that we require right here in this moment. Yeah, but people, the mind gets defaulted in lack. And the one story that I share, I forget who originally heard this from or a very similar story to this is if you tell a woman she's beautiful, she looks nice, she'll remember that for a little bit. But if you're married, you know, if you tell your wife that her hair is messed up, she's gained weight, where she find her clothes, she'll remember those comments for days, weeks, months, years. Uh-huh. But the beautiful comment, she'll re- forget it immediately. It doesn't stick. But the lack comments stick. You know, uh, I've been a personal trainer for 13 years and dealing with hundreds of people and the women, the stories that tend to come, the ones that are underlying. And that's what, that's how I got to this place was realizing that it was never really about the diet and exercise. Uh, the things that we were doing in the gym to try to correct the, you know, the issues that we have with our bodies had nothing to do with whether or not we were moving around or what kind of food we were eating. It had everything to do with the stories that we've been telling ourselves. That it created that issue with our bodies, whether there was anything wrong with our bodies or not, or whether, you know, and, and that, you know, really brings up this whole question. Is there ever anything wrong with your body? It's no. telling it's you your, something. Yeah, your body's, a, your body's a tool to carry around spirit. Absolutely. And, but if we want to look at it from the standpoint of being uncomfortable in our bodies, well, why are we uncomfortable? The stories that tend to pop up, especially for women. Mm-hmm. It's not even the things that their husbands have been telling them necessarily. It's, some, it's their own self-talk. It's the stuff that happened from when they were, you know, young girls. Yeah. Whether the you know seeing the magazines and in, in the in the newsstands, or maybe mom had, was on a diet all the time and talked about being fat, or uh, you know, I had a, a one girl who's coached, you know, flat out said, "You're you're you're too fat to be a ballerina. You're too big. You need to go on a diet." And she's like twelve. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, no wonder. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, those crazy stories. But it's, it's, the, it's the thing that once you get rid of the stories, you can realize you can overcome any obstacle. Because the biggest obstacle is right here in our head as our biggest obstacle. If we can get that out of the way, we can pretty much overcome anything. Well, Wayne Dyer liked to say, you know, change the way you look at things. The things that you look at change. Yeah, that's exactly it. Typically, people are product of their stories, their mental stories. They're a direct mm-hmm. reflection of their mental stories. But we look out and we see this reality that's being created in front of us. And we take right. that as what's where we become the product of, of the reality instead of realizing the reality is a product the way we're looking at it. Right. It's all about perspective. You know, it's all about <laughs> our perspective, how we're looking at things. Sure. Oh, man. Oh. Well... Um, let me ask you something is, is, uh, what would it be like for like a, like a short little snippet of how you do things? Is that, is that in the realm of possibility? 
Well, what I do for things, for possibilities, what I really help people is, you know, about just coming back into this moment. Like my simple meditation practice is literally just sitting there. If the mind got busy, I would just come back to like, where are my feet, where are my hands? And it was just really, really simple that the mind likes complexity. But the way to our truth is very, very simple. It's all about letting go, surrendering the stories and realizing that we are this perfect spirit that in this place of perfect spirit, all is well. And if we just see things from our spirit, you know, whatever we're experiencing, this, our experience for this moment, our human experience, because your soul's trying to learn, to grow, to thrive, to add to the collective knowledge, the, the, collective, uncon- the collective consciousness, if you will. The leading edge of thought. Yeah. And what's really the most interesting thing about my story is, you know, I never had a spiritual teacher. I walked into like 2010, I was not spiritual at all. It was just me doing that simple meditation and letting go of this mind that I tapped into this universal wisdom that's there for everyone. And everyone's so caught up in in gurus and seeing somebody else for answers. But if they can just let go and surrender themselves, they can see the answer was always there within them. And our teachers, like us coaches, are only pointing back to their own truth. You know, how can you let go of your mind? How can you let go of your stories? That's what really coaches are trying to do is, how can you reshape your story or how can you let go of your story? I've um, thought this whole process that I've been on uh, since before I started writing my book and started hearing all of this was that this has been all for me. It's not that I'm here to change the world or anything like that. It's just I'm hearing this because this is the message that I've tapped into. And so I, what I tell people is like, look, I'm I'm on this journey, and this is where I'm going to go. Would you like to come with me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if yeah. you would, I'll guide. <laughs> yeah. And that's the whole thing is you, you really just want to – this is what I'm doing, but you really like to see, you know, that – Find that light within you and I can help you show you where your light is, you know, where your perfect spirit is in that place of peace of just, it's really about surrendering and realizing that you were not ultimately in control, that there's things, so many things beyond our control. The only things that we can really recontrol is how we react and respond to the situation in front of us. That's really about it. Very cool. Sam? I would like to reserve the right to have you on again. Sure. <laughs> I, I mean, it's really, uh, yeah, my, my experience is a little bit different than most. No, that, but That's why I really see that, you know, I want people to realize that you can overcome anything that's out there because the biggest block is within your, with it, between your ears is your biggest block. Because life is mostly a mental game. If you get the mind out of the way, the head trash which is recovering from that thought addiction that we're constantly addicted to our thoughts. Just letting go to see that I'm not my thoughts. I'm the one who's seeing through my eyes, hearing these words, breathing the air. That's who I really am. You guys know, remember what Sam had told us in the beginning, he recovered from uh, five different ailments. Yeah, And probably, I mean, those are, uh, I mean, MS, I mean, by all medical rights, I mean, there's no cure for that. Right. There's a few people that have walked away from it. But, you know, at age six, I didn't even talk about it at age six when a van ran over me and nearly killed me at age six. 
Wow. And I had, I had a near-death experience there. But I was too young to understand that lesson at that time. I wonder how much of that, how much of that story did you carry into adulthood about, I shouldn't be here, I should have been dead? Well, not, not so much that, but it was more like, um, because obviously, I'll just explain my near-death experience real quick, though. Okay. At age six, I was running by a van, so it caused head trauma, broken elbow, broken hip. I was in a hospital for a year, rehab for six months after that. Um, but what I, real, what I remember that night after surgery was being placed back within my body. Then what I remember was seeing three beings on each side of me. Some people call them angels. I don't know what you want to call them, but I saw three beings on each side of me and they were removing my life support. So you got to figure I was six years old. I was just out of surgery, all bandaged up because the van drugged me a little bit on some distance. So, you know, I was really, really bad shape at six years old. So what I remember distinctly from that experience was my mom seeing me in the morning saying, why'd you remove your life support? She didn't step back and say, wait, how could a six-year-old boy do this? So according to mom's words, that it had to be me, you know, that I had to do this. So it sort of repressed that memory, if you will. So when I was writing my book, I really went back into that moment and said, okay, it was not me. So really what happened there at that point? Because I was dealing with a lot of PTSD left over from that. When I was writing the book, I really had the process and PTSD. So the book went very slow at first because I had to deal with my own PTSD uh, from that accident. But what I realized that I was too young to understand that lesson at six years old, that I need the outside world to heal myself that everything was within me and they were showing me that by removing my life support that I was still alive because I had everything I needed within me. So you think that at that moment of um, where people talk about, you know, and they have that near death experience in that moment, we still have the choice of whether we want to stay or go. Yeah. Okay. I've heard that before too, though, from others that have talked about near death. I have personally not had a near death experience. I have had an experience with astral projection, so the idea of being able to, you know, jump in and out of the body is, uh, I firmly, uh, <laughs> it, it is a truth for me that that happens. Uh, but um, yeah, I've had so many wild experiences. Um, you know, one of the experiences is coming to me, I don't know why it's coming to me. I guess it's kind of important. One of the things that I had happened to me after I heard a voice say perfect spirit, it led me to a meditation, a chakra balancing meditation. Well, what that did for me was it, it blew me into a full Kundalini awakening for about 16 months where I felt like I was on fire. I felt like I was aggressively rewired. That's, <laughs> why, that's why I knew for for certainty that the MS is gone. All these diseases are simply gone because the whole body was rewired. It felt like I was being constantly struck by a lightning, a lot of heat. I was just sitting there at times and just be, sweat was just pouring off of me. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, this was a lot of experiences. This is from the, uh, the, um, the chakra meditations. Yeah. Was this something that, that you uh, had found and read, or was this something that you just were inspired to create? No, it was just this. Um, this a spirit was saying, okay. "Go, go, go here, go, 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 do this." And I just 
I just do one thing a lot of people don't do is just really trust that intuitive voice. I see like the head trash favorite game is what if, what if I do this? What if, what if I do that? And the mental stories. And I didn't have the mental stories weren't there for me. Just this intuitive voice. So go do this. I wanted that. And now when I was disabled, the voice told me to go do yoga. I was falling over a lot in the beginning of yoga, but six months later, I didn't need the cane anymore. Cause I just trusted that voice. Very cool. Sam, how do we get a hold of you? How do we find you? Yeah, you can find me if you're like on Facebook, you can find me on Head Trash Anonymous. Okay. If you join the Head Trash Anonymous Facebook group, you can download a copy of my book there. Okay. And you can also you can send me an email over at Head Trash Anonymous. Um and I will just send you a copy of the, the book book then. I just give away my book and tell people to share it, whatever. I just want to get my story out there that all things are possible, that our destiny is not fixed, that we can change our destiny in each moment by the choices that we make. You guys, I'm going to put uh, the links that he just uh, said. I will list that in the uh, in the explanation of what this episode's about, so you'll have an easy little access to that. So you don't have to write that down right now. Just look in the uh, in the link of you know of. Um, uh, where I post these uh, these podcasts. So, Sam, I want to thank you for coming on today, man. All right. Thanks, for <laughs> Really enjoyed talking to you. It's been a fun experience. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel the same way. Uh, thanks. I mean, it, um, yeah, you know what? I feel like that um, I, I needed this conversation with you today, to be honest with you. It, yeah. it feels really nice to, to connect with you. So, you guys... Thank you for, uh, for listening again, and uh, I will talk to you guys next time. If you would like to learn more about me, Greg Dyer, you can check me out on my website, ConsciousGreg.com, or go to Facebook and check out the Conscious Body Movement page. I've also got a book out now. It's called Follow Your Bliss, A Guide to a Powerful Mindset. It's a pretty fun little book that I've written with a whole lot of questions and some really cool awarenesses, plus some things that I've thrown in that I've learned all these years as a personal trainer that just can add and enhance and lead us to bliss and embodiment. You can find my book at Amazon.com and just look up Follow Your Bliss. Thank you for joining me today. I am Greg Dyer, and this has been Conscious Body Movement, the podcast.